The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Welcome back to the Secrets of Technology podcast. I'm Kim Commando, America's digital goddess, and I never miss an episode. You're listening to the Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Greetings. And Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hi, Father Andrew. Hello there. And uh, Merry Christmas Eve Eve, as this show releases. It's <laughs> yes. Merry Christmas Eve Eve. <laughs> so uh, before we get into today's topics, I want to tell you all about a great show that's on the StarQuest Network that I'm sure you'll enjoy called The Catholics of Oz. And it includes our friends, uh, Carolyn, Lino, and Lindsay, all from Melbourne, Australia, th that Oz. And uh, they talk about all kinds of interesting stuff, including tech stuff, but they talk about science. They talk about faith. They talk about, you know, uh, what's they're watching, playing games, that sort of stuff. A lot of fun. It's very interesting. And it's always great to hear them from their point of view. And you have to hear Lino laugh because Lino has got the best laugh <laughs> and uh, it's a lot of fun. You should definitely check it out. You find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Oz O-Z. So let's talk about today's topics. Uh, so our first topic comes from uh, an article that was in the Wall Street Journal recently titled, the headline is Ping Ding Chirp Notifications Are Driving Us Crazy. And uh, it it is a really good article because it talks about how we're all just inundated with various notifications, all these things trying to gain get our attention, whether it's our phone, our watch, our uh, our iPad, our TV, our smart TV, our smoke detectors, our washer and dryers, even beeping at us all day long, and we're inundated, and we're having trouble with distraction because each each notification is an attention hog. But we're also just how to respond. And we all have this anxiety. And I say we all, not uh, literally not everyone, but in general, there's a lot of people with anxiety about responding to these notifications. And I just, you know, start off, you, you know, Pat, you work uh, as a consultant going around helping people. People contact you for help with technical, technological issues. Father Andrew, obviously, as a pastor, you all constantly have people who need your attention for various important things. Mm -hmm. How do you all deal with? the notifications and people would get trying to get your attention 24 seven. Uh, Pat, let, let's start with, with you and in, in your situation. Well, one of the, the issues I have is I could get a text. I could get an email. I could get a messenger chat. I can get a, uh, a, uh, an, another type of Google voice notification. So a lot of times I'll say, I think I know somebody, you know, that that person contacted me. I can't find where it was that they contacted me. Now, the one thing I do on my phone is I have it muted all the time. Mm -hmm. I do not let the chirps, mm -hmm. beeps, whatever come in. I have the things that I think are important pop up banners for me, and I've got them set so the banners don't just pop up and go away, they stay. Mm -hmm. And so I have to take an action to close it. Now, sometimes that's inconvenient, but I don't tend to miss as many things. And the notification being popped up often tells me what app it's coming from. Not always, but often. Mm. So that's the way I've tried to tame it. But yeah, when when somebody else's, um, I my clients are always saying, I don't know where that's coming from. This thing pop, you know, keeps chirping at me, and I don't know what what app it is, or right. even which device it is. How about you, Father Andrew? How do you deal with as a pastor? Well, <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll say it this way: I deal with them poorly, um, and <laughs> okay. what I mean by that is I don't. Uh, I don't silence them as maybe as much as I should. Mm. Um, 
I mean, the vast majority of notifications that I get are not essential, urgent requests. You know, um, I, there, there is an emergency line that goes to my phone, but that's a Google voice number. So, I mean, that's pretty clear. You know, if someone's calling that, I know what's going on. But the the email notifications, the um, Instagram messages or, you know, like all those sorts of things are pretty non-essential. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm really bad about turning them off because... I have, <laughs> I, I can relate to that article. Like I have this anxiety. If I, if there's ever a unread notification on any one of my apps, it yep. drives me nuts until <sighs> I can get rid Find of it. it. Same, you here. know. And so, yeah. <laughs> so it really bothers me when I see someone's phone and they have like you know a thousand unread email messages. <sighs> yes, <laughs> it that's just my like, wife. I turn off the counter sometimes <laughs> myself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like if if you were to pull up my phone right now, like there is no unread email messages unless I got one in the last ten minutes. You know, there's no missed phone calls. There's no unread texts. Um, and I think that's a it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because we have definitely in, in our, in our current culture, we have this, almost this expectation that we need that instant uh, reply back mm-hmm. um, with, especially with texting. It's, um, <laughs> you know, you can most, I think by default it's set on, you can see if someone's read your text or not, at least yeah. if you're, you know, iPhone to iPhone. And, and that also is anxiety ridden too, because it's like, turn that you, off. right. And, yeah. and so actually that, that, that could be a really good thing for, for someone to do is to go into your settings and turn that off just because it's, it's probably not help, helpful or healthy to be that available all the time. Um, so, uh, I mean, a few of the things that I do do in terms of notifications is, is like you, Pat, my phone is on, um, silent 24 seven. Right. Um, I don't know the last time I've actually heard my ringtone. And, you know, so it I, it vibrates when I get a call or, yeah. or a notification and that's it because um, I wouldn't want it to be chirping at me all day long. Uh, the other really big one that I do is is at night. I do have it um, set to, to sleep mode uh, with with the iPhone. And so mm-hmm. that mutes all unnecessary notifications and it and it even dims the screen. So even if I look at it after it's in night or sleep mode. You know, I have to I have to go through an extra step to pull up notifications, which is helpful because if I'm if I'm, you know, in bed and my I don't see my phone light up if I get a, you know, a Facebook message or whatever. And so at least for 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 nighttime, that's that's helpful for me. Um, I, I should do more, you know, uh, things like, you know, when I when it's my day off again, I'm checking email, work email and I shouldn't be. But again, I'm I'm sort of it just bugs me if I have an unread message and. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm yeah. sort of notorious for, for <laughs> being more available, available than I should. And that's probably, you know, that probably adds a bit more stress to my, to my life than is necessary. But, um, mm. so, so I, yeah. I guess I have some, I have some work to do there too, because it's, <laughs> it's not helpful even for me to be that available all right. the time for the non-essential stuff. And I have turned off the banners on a lot of things. Like I don't show yeah. the Facebook banners, uh, or yep. not banners, uh, the badges. Yeah, I, yep. I don't even show the number of of Facebook things or Twitter things or any of those. I go look at them to see what's new yep. if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm in the mood to do so. But I even go one step further. I almost never answer the phone. Unless mm-hmm. it's a family member, I always let it go to voicemail and then I can take a look at it, listen to it and decide what I want to do before I call them back. I've just decided that nothing is that super urgent that I can't wait three minutes to listen to the voicemail. So uh, one of the things I want to add, too, is that uh, with if you have do not disturb on, uh, at least on the iPhone, you can set it up to have certain people who can always get through. So yes. say you want, you know, you want your mom to always be able to get reach you or your spouse. You can also set, I think it's automatic. If someone calls, if the same number calls you three times in a row within a short period of time, it goes through yep. because that assumes that it's a uh, emergency, yeah. like, you know, the police are trying to get a hold of yours, that sort of thing. Uh, so uh, one, of the, one of the things that I was just, in fact, I was just doing this before we started. I turned off, I, I've had Slack notifications on, on my watch for the longest mm. time. And I just realized like, I, the, I love everyone in SQPN. I really do. But I really don't need to know as soon as someone sends me a Slack message. I'll get it. Yeah. I've got it it's open on emergency. my. Yeah. Right. It's open on my computer. Like, like as soon as I'm at my computer, it's right there. So I can see it as messages. I get an email. You know, if I don't answer a notification you know, very soon. So it's not that urgent. 
So I turned that off uh, on my watch. That was a that's a big one. The big attention stealer is the watch. So uh, I also get iMessages, you know, messages on it, and that's trickier because I want to get messages from like my wife on my watch, but I don't necessarily need the family message group message yeah like my siblings <laughs> yep. who yep. can go on and on and on and on i so what i've done in that one is i've muted notifications on that in messages so i've selected that yep. said mute the notifications from this also from my um scout troop leadership uh group message because they can sometimes like it's silent for days at a time and then like you know, Adam will make a crack and then Dan will jump in and then Heather will say something and then it will go on for like an hour. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> nope. me crazy. So, it, you know, mute. So I muted that. So that's always good. Uh, one thing that and Apple, I think, has has noticed, I think they've all noticed Google, Apple, Microsoft have figured out that these notifications are a little driving us crazy and they're giving us more tools. So right. in iOS 15, there's a thing called notification summary. So that for certain things, certain notifications, I only get them. I set it up so I get them twice a day in the morning and in the evening for for certain apps that I really just don't need to have them as they come in. Uh, Like you, Pat, most apps, I've turned off notifications altogether. I like uh, it. it, You have to have a real reason to get my get a notification to me. Um, I have an app called do D.U.E. Yes. Uh, And I, I think I've talked about it before on the show. And this is for the most important things that I really need to do when it's time to do them and not put them off too long, like take medication, like mm-hmm. uh, put out the trash on Thursday morning before the trash truck comes and I have to wait two weeks to put it out again. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> like, like, And what happens is when the time comes up, it beeps at me and then it goes away. And then five minutes later, it'll beep, it'll beep at me again. Because I haven't finished, I haven't done the thing, and it, and it will keep that up every five minutes or whatever interval I set until I go do it. Because it, it drives me crazy to do it. But that's the sort of thing I want it to do that. But only the most sensitive, time sensitive things get through, get to get to be on that app. Everything else is just regular. Um, yeah, like, do has really helped me too for that same reason. It yeah. it, it gets those things that I would. It, it's it's a a peril if I miss them. Yes. Yeah. It's a, the monkey in your back. He just will not let you go. And and like you, Father Andrew, I hate, I hate seeing numbered badges on my apps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although I have, I do keep them on some so that I will deal with whatever they're telling me. Um, you know, I'm, so I will check them. But some of them, like just before we started recording, like a Ring, the you know, the Ring cameras, they have a neighbor's app. So like everybody who owns a Ring device in my neighborhood can Hey, I saw this thing on my app. You know, uh, what, what's that going on? And I it had these notif- red badge notification, and I couldn't make them go away. It was driving me crazy. Like, take those away. I actually have to turn that off on that because there's no need for me to have those on on that app. And it, so it's really like there's a there's a bit of like peace that comes with not having that stuff, not being mm-hmm. nagged. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, the 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 non-computery things like smoke detectors. Uh, I mentioned before my, my uh, the, the worst game ever is which smoke detector is beeping at 3 a.m. Uh, I had yep. one time where I literally took them all down and held them up to my ear one at a time to hear the beep. <laughs> and it turned out like I, I went through all of them and it was none of them. And uh, it turned out to be some other device that was in my office that has the exact same beep as a smoke detector. Like I could never figure out why the beep is so short that it's impossible to to get a location on it. I just I wish they would have a particular red light that comes on when it's beeping because actually right. for deaf accessibility that's that would be probably mm-hmm. pretty intense. Right. And that, that's one of the reasons I've been slowly replacing all of my smoke detectors with Nest Protect. Wi-Fi connected ones because they if they have a low battery they tell me in the app you know like yep. it's that one in the hall oh thank you that makes <laughs> sense you know <laughs> instead of the the hunt um, so uh, one of the things the article talks about is um, in in relation to work uh, they suggest some of the experts suggest that managers should create quiet hours where people aren't expected to respond. And I, I find that fascinating. I think this may be a generational thing, but this idea that 
and I think you kind of mentioned this a little, a little earlier, Father Andrew, is like the, we, we have this expectation that we need to jump on every message. I, I got a text. I have to respond. I have an email. And that's not just you. I, I kind of yep. feel this, this uh, urgency, too, sometimes. And it's like there used to be a time when people went home. And like for two whole days, didn't respond yep. to anything at the office or a whole week, you know, it's you, wild. you couldn't because yeah. you didn't, you didn't, you didn't have access to, to, was to the office phone or, you know, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> just to throw this in here, I blame, <laughs> I blame, uh, <clears throat> Microsoft's MSN messenger mm. for this. Um, it's sort of, at least in my, this is totally my, my thought here going on, um, <laughs> the precursor to the, to the, you know, the, the text message craze of today. But, uh, one of the things that I remember in, in using MSN messenger in high school was there was a nudge button that if someone was online, you could use a nudge button and it would force their screen to, to pop to the front and shake and make a noise. Oh my. Oh no. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, looking back, oh my gosh, it was super annoying and I don't know why they ever included it, but it was a way to like get someone's attention (laughs) immediately. And then like you had to respond to it because yeah. That must be where the Facebook poke came from. Ah, could have been. Could have been. Well, at least it wasn't quite as annoying as Clippy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey there. It looks like you're trying to get someone's attention. <laughs> but yeah. I, I I like what you you said about that that article about like these quiet times because I think I mean the the article pointed out that we're so distracted all the time that it's I mean it, it I think they said it takes you like 25 minutes to refocus back to your original task that you were working on before you got distracted and right you know you tend to then shift to to other little projects in between getting back to your original task and i mean it's just it's not productive it's it's not it's not helpful to be that kind of pulled in all sorts of directions at at once and um yeah there (laughs) we don't need to be that that busy i guess Mm -hmm. mentally with all the with all the the distractions well, I was just going to say one suggestion I have for people who have both an iPhone and a watch is that by default, Apple wants to put all the apps that are on your phone. If there's an equivalent one on the watch, they put it on there. And I, for myself and for my husband and, and some of my clients have gone through and removed a lot of the apps from showing yeah. up on the watch Same because here. it's just overwhelming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a take off. To take them off, or if you don't want to take them off, to turn off the notifications. So you do that in the watch app on your phone. And, you, yeah, you can either take them off the watch altogether or just turn off the notification or modify the notification even. But, yeah, that's that's a good idea. Well, there's a lot of apps that want to talk to the watch that really there's no reason for, no. see a, you know, CNBC or or your your local, you know, weather or whatever. Those are just aren't essential on the watch. Break, breaking mm-hmm. news alerts are the worst. Like anything <laughs> someone who works in Hollywood does is by definition not a breaking news alert. Like just, no, I have turned off all breaking news alerts. There could be an alien invasion like at this very minute and I would never know. Too bad. You know, it's just like that, that's a price for never hearing another Kardashian update uh, again. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's a good point. You know, another thing to kind of to make from a Catholic uh, perspective is, you know, like I like to use the uh, breviary app, iBreviary, yep. for praying. And I, we pray night prayer with, uh, with my kids. We, we pray that every night. And I do it on the phone. And I put it in Do Not Disturb. I put it in a, in a focus mode. That's the new thing in iOS 15. I put it in a focus mode. So that I don't get any alerts while I'm praying because that's super distracting. You know, I don't want yep. something popping down from the top or or popping up in the middle of the screen. Well, and, and I think it's important for us. I think prayer, moments of prayer, this is the wisdom of the church, moments of prayer where we step aside from the world and put our focus on God and not on the work. I think that's. I think that's a brilliant, God knows how he made us. And I think that's part of how we are made is to take a break. Like this manager talking about it. I mean, he's essentially doing the hours <laughs> with mm-hmm. his employees in a secular sense. So I, I think that's a good idea. I do love the fact that the uh, the uh, app will pop up on the watch and let me know what what uh, what hours of the day. Oh, the iBrevery uh, yeah, notification. Well, yeah. let me see. It's either that or Universalis. I'm trying to remember. It, it's probably because Universalis. One of them, yeah, yeah, Universalis actually pops up and you can see the verse and you can see the gospel oh, reading when you nice. just tap on your watch. And I really like that because that does help center me. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking those well, moments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, just speaking from a, from a, from a Catholic perspective here too, I mean, there's, there's incredible wisdom in going on a retreat even yep. too. I mean, because that's the whole point of a retreat, a spiritual retreat is to break from the world and from the busyness and all the, the noise to, you know, go away with the Lord for, you know, if you can do it for a few days or a week or, you know, uh, longer sometimes if you're able to. And part of that is just to, to, to sit in quiet, you know, so you can then listen to, <laughs> to God. It's often, we're so busy with everything else that, that our minds are not settled down enough to, to actually listen, mm. you know? And so that's, that's crucially important too. Um, I had just a couple other, um, kind of maybe, uh, tips to, to throw along with that. Um, you know, especially if you're going on a retreat, you know, and if you're able to, you know, turn the phone off completely. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the most liberating things to to do in, in our world today. Or even if you're just, you know, on vacation or it's your day off um, and I'm talking to myself here, you know, just <laughs> turn the phone off because it's, the, you know, if if there's really something that crucial, you know, there, there's other ways to to get a hold of me and, and I don't need to be, um, you know, that connected all the time. Um, the other tip that I was going to throw out too is if you, um, you can also remove, of course, some of these non-essential apps from your phone, you know? So like often for Lent, what I'll do is I'll remove all the social media apps off of my phone and then make it so that I can only check them on a computer. Mm -hmm. So I'm not completely separated from them, but I'm not getting the constant, you know, notifications on my phone. Um, you know, you can do that as a, as a, um, uh, kind of a Lenten practice or just kind of a, a normal, just kind of you want to clear up your, your notification practice. But um, those are, those are also uh, things to consider as we're looking at these notification overload situations. That's great. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Turn off the, take, find the time to turn off your phone, vacation, weekend, retreat, something like that. And just get liberated from it. And please, sorry, this is totally a pet peeve and not really related to notifications, but if you're (laughs) going to go out to dinner at a restaurant, please talk to your families and (laughs) and not be on your phones. Right. Oh, I see too many couples out at a restaurant and they're together and they're both on their phone and it's like, yeah, yeah, we're losing, we're losing some of that sort of actual relationship uh, (laughs) things do, but that's, that is a danger. That is a danger. (laughs) Yes, I agree. And, uh, that sometimes is me and my wife. <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes the phone can be you're 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 looking at a picture from a family member and sharing it with sure. them, or talking about sure. it, right. and that type of thing. But yeah, most of the time, if if uh, it, it, at dinner and something like, and even at home at dinner, the phone may be in the room, but it's on the chair upside down, so I can't mm-hmm. see it unless something comes up that I need to look to go look up something. Right. Yep. You know? Right. It's worse when it's you know four people, four people in a family. Everyone's on a phone and no one, no one is talking to each other at all. Yeah, that that's a problem. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, notifications. Uh, one of the things, oh, Father Joseph saw. We were going to talk about this tonight. Uh, who's you know Father Joseph soon, who's been on several episodes uh, recently. He's going to be back very soon. But uh, he sent us uh, an, a link to an article that uh, a notification that got him. Uh, the Nebraska State Patrol apologizes for late night emergency alert error. They sent out an emergency alert, a, a, a test of the emergency alert system in the middle of the night. I think it was 11 p.m. actually, uh, where a lot of people are asleep by 11 p.m. But uh, um, that's one of those alerts that goes through your do not disturb, by the way, which is a good thing because right. you know that can be a you know a tornado alert or something like that um but yeah your alien invasion <laughs> alien invasion right 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 so, so uh, i'll get uh, i may find out anyway then yeah because the, the emergency <laughs> alert system will let me know um so it was he said this one got me yeah he said so uh yeah that's can't do anything about that it reminds me of the uh uh january 2018th hawaii uh, missile yeah. alert no <laughs> yeah. accidental yeah. notification yeah. too like that one would have been absolutely terrifying i think his was just a yeah um you know this is a test of the emergency system but the, the hawaii uh, one was there's a missile i heard jeez i heard a, a news re- article i think at the time that kind of followed up on how it might have happened and there's no cl- i i never got a clear indication that they knew exactly how it happened so uh, there's no indication that someone actually lost their job because of it. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was a bad one. 
All right. That's very good. So we're going to move on from there to first, I want to thank our patrons who make our show possible, uh, including Dan S., Mihoville P., sorry, Mihoville, Michelle S., Paula C., and Les H., their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And the end of the year is coming. That's that's right. Uh, we are a 501c3 tax deductible nonprofit organization. So your gifts may be tax deductible uh, if you are a U.S. citizen. So uh, please consider us. We're, our mission is important to us and I think important to helping a lot of people with uh, the information we, we share. All right, uh, let's move on to our headlines. Uh, our first one, this was an interesting. Google announced that they might start locking. Well, the headline is Google could drive could soon start locking your files, which is a, a nice clickbaity headline. What what it is, is Google announced a policy that Files that are hosted on its, on its platform that are in breach of its terms of service or abuse program policies will be flagged to their owner and restricted automatically, which means that the owner can access them, but they can't share that with anyone else. OK, so it's not that Google is going to be locking you out of your files or out of your your, your system, out of your Google Drive, but just that. If it's a file that's in breach, and then of course you can appeal and all that sort of stuff. Well, what do y'all think of this? Is is it uh, does it creep you out that Google can reach into your account and see that? No, because Dropbox already did that to me. <laughs> oh, really? Because because I have a few files that are password, you know, uh, things that will let you see a password that's hidden, you know, with asterisks and things like that. And Dropbox, because it's a good place for me to be able to get to it from any place, I've got a few of those utilities in a folder of tools. And Dropbox will flag them and remove them, even oh. though they are legitimate tools. They've already hmm. blocked them and, and won't let them stay on the system. And I can't get around it. Oh, wow. So um, now, so actually Google is better for it. I may move my, my mom and nerd tools over to Google because <laughs> at least I can still get to them myself. So but, Google, you know, uh, Dropbox thinks they're hacker tools, basically. Yes, right. They, they're right. afraid that I'm hosting, but even though they're not shared with anybody, as far as they're concerned, it looks like a virus or a, a hacker tool. So uh, it, it actually physically deletes them from my Dropbox. Wow, that's excessive. Wow. How about you, Father Andrew? What do you think? I guess I'm not I'm not uh I'm not opposed to it because I I mean I feel like if, if you're gonna use any of these services, you have to know that I mean you're uploading it to a Google server. And right. I mean it's not it's if you want if if there's something like I mean, if there's something that you just want private completely, I mean, then you have to just keep it locally and, you know, store it somehow elsewhere. But if you're going to use one of these services and of course they're they're trying to target things, not not at what you're doing, Pat. No, but, I understand. You know, of course, they're, they're or the, right. They're, or the, the, you know, abuse kind of stuff. You know, and and I, th I mean, I think it's good that they're trying to lock that down from being shared and, and yeah, distributed, and, and and you know, and and that's I'm perfectly fine with that. And like you said, uh, if you're posting your stuff on Google at, by this point, you need to know anything that you've put on Google servers, anything that goes through Gmail, Google can see. <laughs> you know, they well, probably any of these services can yeah. see what's on in your systems. Yeah. Right, exactly. There's unless you set up your own private server on the internet that is. Bit torrented and encrypted and on the dark web or yeah. something like that. <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, actually, if you really, to be serious, actually, if you really wanted to host something that you kept control of, I would say a, a network attached storage, like a Synology drive that's on the net with a, a dynamic DNS name that you can access and encrypted with a v, through a VPN. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you VPN back to your house to that drive. That's probably the best way to host something that you can access remotely. Um, other, 
Otherwise, thumb drive is going to be your best friend. I was going to say, I do carry thumb drives with me that have the same tools on them. It's just that sometimes if I can't find that drive because it's so tiny and gets lost, then then it's nice to have a a repository I can go quickly log in and pull down a a tool I need. And I don't necessarily need those those particular types of tools all the time. It's other utilities that I need to get to most of the time. Sure. It's not that big a loss. Well, I think so. I think we're agreed that this is not a, b- a bad policy here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So our next headline uh, involves our favorite social media service, Meta, uh, or i.e. Facebook. <laughs> Do we really have to call it Meta? Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Facebook is apparently, now the headline is, is Facebook is finally has live chat support. For people Not locked yet. out of their accounts. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a little premature. So there's a couple things that the article talks about. It's a little bit confusing, and I'm not sure if these are separate things or the same thing. But the first thing they said is they have a um, a small test of live chat support for English-speaking creators, i.e. influencers in the U.S. who don't already have an assigned relationship manager who can answer, like, everyday questions about, you know, revenue, you know, ad revenue or uh, that sort of thing. Um, what to talk about is like people who are sort of minor celebrity internet celebs who have a following. The that TikTok cult- people or the whatever. Yeah. They're not mm-hmm. big enough to have their own, you know, a Facebook relationship manager, account manager. But uh, it so it, it it's about people having access to live people to help them with whatever questions they have. So that's one. But then there's another part of the article which says they're also testing live chat help for some english speaking users globally including creators people who've been locked out of their accounts now this is a big one if it if, is. if true mm-hmm. because until now or even now unless you're in this small group um if you get locked out of your account either accidentally or because of some you violated some community uh, standards uh, etc there's no recourse there's no human being to talk to it's all bots. So I, I experienced this when I had a post taken down my quote from St. Augustine. I talked about that in the show a couple of years ago. Uh, they took down what my post of a quote from St. Augustine, a very, it seemed very normal quote. Anyway, they, and there was no one to talk to. So the, this is supposed to be live people to talk to. And that would be great. I, I'm not sure these people would be any more helpful, frankly, <laughs> but you know, at least they're human beings. Um, what, what do y'all think? Well, and especially the people that who have, uh, you know, I have a lot of senior citizens who may have forgotten their passwords, and mm-hmm. it's been stored in a in a browser somewhere, and now they've got a new computer and they can't get in anymore. Uh, to have some way to help people who have gotten locked out accidentally would be huge. Yeah. Now, also the thing about you know having violated terms of service to have somebody to walk you through that would be nice too. But my my concern is more for the people who've gotten locked out inadvertently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I can sort of relate to that because when I came to my current parish, there was a Facebook account that they had years ago, but the password has since been lost. <laughs> yeah. Long lost. You know, so even by the time that I showed up, they had to create a whole new account for the parish that is now the, the current one. You know, and we have we have all the, the passwords for that now, but that old one is kind of just just out there, you know, and yep. We you had, can't remove had, it. You can't do anything no, with it. No, you can't. You can't do anything. And even if I, you know, talk to the pastor three pastors ago, <laughs> they're not going to remember the password. And, you know, um, yeah. you know. So I, I think that this is a a good a good step forward. Um, yeah, it may mm-hmm. not be the 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 best solution yet, but it's a it's better than than what they had. And I think you know mm-hmm. it's it, it can it can really help out. You know, yeah, especially inadvertent kind of getting locked out of your account, people. Well, and I've actually had people that uh, bought an Oculus just so they'd have a paid account that they could talk to Facebook with to get their account unlocked, et cetera. Right. Uh, and, we talked and, about uh, that. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> well, that's that's along the lines of this other thing that really surprised me in this report. Where there was a BuzzFeed story back in August uh, about an underground economy of people who claim to have inside access at Meta and charged money to help yeah. you get your account restored. And they were fakers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there's probably a few real people, some fakers. Like, sure. In other words, the lengths to which people were going to have to go in order to get help. You know, Facebook has 
I, I guess, figured out <laughs> that they need to start actually providing real assistance. Well, and I've had so many of my clients say, hey, look, I wouldn't even mind if they charge me 20 bucks or 50 bucks or 30 right. bucks or whatever. Give me a method that I can talk mm. to somebody. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll pay for a reasonable fee for it. Right. Exactly. That would, that would be, be a yeah. moneymaker for them. <laughs> well, it would probably pay the cost of having, you know, these these people on the right. job to do it. So, yeah, they definitely yeah, I think they should. All right. And then our third headline is uh, it's called The Internet is Tricking Our Brains. And so basically um, it, it's kind of a wide ranging article, but it, its basic premise is, is the thesis is and it's based on some studies that they've been doing. The Internet is making us more confident or say overconfident about our own memories, knowledge, intelligence and decision making ability. So the ability to go the, the the fact that we can go to Google and easily find, you know, information makes us more confident than we should be that we are able to actually know things. Which I thought interesting and they said this applies to all kinds of stuff, not just to say uh diseases and politics. <laughs> but also things like business and you know other other aspects of life um religion is another one where people seem a little to, to think they know a lot more <laughs> about than they actually do because they can google things um and i think it's fascinating um th this article there's a there's a whole lot of points that they make in it and uh, but what do you what do y'all think of this this thesis that it's making us overconfident i think it's probably true that you know uh, I know myself, I've always felt I was a good researcher. I don't know a lot, but I can look mm -hmm. it up and I know how to look it up. But I understand that about myself. But I can see where a lot of people think, well, you know, because I can look it up, then I know the answer and I'll remember it. The problem is we don't remember it or we right. don't remember it accurately. Yeah. And after a while, it becomes that we think we knew that and we didn't. And right. just because you found that this information online doesn't make it true. The, the famous Abraham right. Lincoln quote about the Internet. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that's that's the problem is that, you know, if, if Google says it, it must be true. Or, you know, or if my favorite uh, my favorite influencer said it, it must be true. Or, you yep. know, that kind of a thing is, is really problematic and dangerous. Um, and Pat, I'm I'm like you like I mean, I, I know a lot. And I'm confident in, in a lot of my knowledge, um, but I'm also I know how to look things up and I know how to look things up outside of the Internet, too. Like I know, you know, especially in the realm of theology, like I know where to, you know, pull up the catechism of the Catholic Church or, you know, various church documents or, or whatever. You know, I know where to go to. And I'm perfectly happy to admit to people like, ah, I don't know that answer, but I, I'll go look it up and, I, and I'll get back to you. Um, you know, but I think too, one of the other things just with, with the internet and with Google, um, I mean, I remember having to do a lot more memorization in mm -hmm. elementary school and, and in school and, um, and I don't know, maybe that helped me to just be confident in my own memory and what I know, you know, and I don't know, I imagine that's changed a lot in, in how, you know, schools are, are operating today with just the you know, availability of, of Google and using that. And, um, I mean, perhaps even, you know, kids today aren't developing those, those memorization. Um, yeah. Yeah. Th those skills that, that, you know, that are actually, they're, they're really helpful. Um, you know, yep. but I also, I mean, I fall into it too all the time. Like when I, <laughs> you know, when I'm looking up something for, you know, the podcast or whatever, I just, you know, go straight to Google and, and mm -hmm. pull things up. So, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. I guess I've always been less confident in the the actual stuff I remember. My memory's always been bad, but I'm just a real good researcher. And mm -hmm. I used to do the library and the catalogs and and you know all of those types of things encyclopedias because I knew I could. And so yeah, that but you know memorization uh it like I I know your kids have memorized poems and things like yep. that and I think that's good skills to have too. Yeah. And one of the things they talk about, like, especially with Juicy and Father Andrew, but in school, kids learning to, you know, not learning to memorize. One of the, the skills that they think we've lost, it says the, in the article, online search is so seamless and always available that people often don't have the chance to experience their own failure to remember things. 
And so that makes them overconfident in their own memory. Like, think uh, about that. Sure. Like, like you, if you've never had the experience of not being able to remember things, because I've always looked it up and it's always been at the, at the, you know, on my, my, at my thumbs. Like, that's kind of fascinating, actually, that idea. So, um, I, yeah, I've, I have plenty of experience not being able to remember things. <laughs> <laughs> that's been my whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, one of the things that came up also is uh, some anthropologists saying it's not such a bad thing that we have tools for remembering because we've always had tools for remembering. He says, we have this tendency to think of our mind and our brain as the same thing. Like our brain is the that goo in our head. But our mind is bigger than that in the mm-hmm. sense of uh, it's it's all the systems we use to remember. In fact, there's a there's a communal aspect to it. And so friends, you know, family. Uh, who help us remember things, especially when you get together with with family, say at a holiday, and you, oh, yeah. you everyone revives the stories. You're like, oh yeah, 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 and then you all add a piece of that memory together. Don't exaggerate the stories. <laughs> well, there's that too. Uh, and then, uh, yep. but even things like notebooks or you know computers. Like I've always Evernote has always advertised itself as your as your second brain, where you can offload stuff, and that's that's a huge aspect. Yeah, offload the stuff that I don't need to be carrying around in the forefront of my brain to this second brain. Um, There's something to that. So it's not all, you know, technology isn't all bad. And it may be we could uh, look at, you know, that be something that we pass on to our kids and stuff, you know, is Mm -hmm. that that start developing those methods of of uh, being able to retrieve stuff from your own storage, from your own notebooks, from your own uh, system. It reminds me, I had a, I have a, a priest friend who who's able to do this and i know i know some of our listeners probably experience this too but there's a there's a concept called uh the mind palace yes and the Sherlock so, Holmes Sherlock. <laughs> yeah yeah and actually that's a really cool visualization of it but yeah my my priest friend i mean like when he uh when he would write homilies you know he would he would tell me he would like you know put part one of his homily what the, the meat of what he wanted to say he'd like put it you know in the back corner of the church you know, and 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 like so, his mind would go there to to retrieve the the first part of his homily, and you know, the next part wow, was yeah. was you know on the chair next to him or whatever. And like there was a spatial sort of relationship to how he remembered things. Mm-hmm. That was a real. I mean, it's like so he had a really good memory. I mean, he could remember things that were just you know absolutely Phenomenal. insane, right? Yeah, right. You know. But but he had the his brain had a way or his mind had a way of kind of, yeah, using spatial dimensions to store information and then retrieve them that that most of us don't even really think about or or have that that cognizant ability. That's really cool. Yeah. And you could develop that that ability. I mean, that's everyone can develop their their memory better to start young and to keep your neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. they, they call it uh, throughout life. Um, but uh yeah, I I think it's one of the great things you could do for kids is to teach them how to organize knowledge. I think I think uh, education should do more of that. Um, how how do you organize knowledge? Not just how to write a term paper and put footnotes. You know, what I mean, I mean right. more than that. Like how to have Develop knowledge. The system, how, yeah, yeah. And how to store knowledge, but also how to find it when you need it. Like more than just research. Um, huh, this this maybe more to that that uh, I'd love to. I'd love to explore that, I think, and maybe work with my own kids on that. Well, and to tie that back to the distraction thing earlier, Mm -hmm. that is one tool that I use myself. Like if I'm worrying about something or I'm mulling something over, like when I'm having trouble going to sleep, I do have a visualization of, oh, this thing pops up. Okay, I open a little cabinet door in my mind and say, I'll put it there for the morning. I don't need it now. And that's that helps me to kind of ease down and and mm. and uh loosen some of the distractions that keep worrying me and so I, I mentioned that to to one of my one of my kids and and they found that very helpful mm-hmm. hmm. that's that's actually something that i've done before but what i do like like if i'm going to go sit down and pray for for an hour and i've got like oh my gosh i need to do x y z you know everything oh, yeah you know, I will do the thing where I will I will write them all out in a notebook and then I'll just say then I'll yeah, put it away like, OK, my list is there. I will deal mm-hmm. with it. I know I have to deal with it, but it's it's physically kind of somewhere yeah. else. 
Right, you've got a physical list. To, Mine yeah. is just a cubby hole yep. in my mind yep. list. Yeah, yep. okay. That's gotcha. essentially the GTD method, which you know, part of it, which is, is to have an inbox that you collect things instead of trying to hold everything in your mind. Have a place where you just uh, you a just cube. dump. Yeah, yeah, we just dump stuff. Like whether it's a a notebook, we just that has random notes, or I use the drafts app on my phone, and it just I, mm-hmm. it just has blank notes, and I just throw whatever I need to in there, and then later on I'll go back through it and. And look yep. for whatever. Yeah, that's a great idea. Before praying to do a a, a brain a brain a dump. dump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's one, one, one that's one of the one of the big things that people struggle with with prayers distractions. Right. Yeah. And and if that's what you're struggling with is your to do list, this might be a helpful way for for you to to kind of put that on hold as you then focus on prayer for for the moment. That's a good point. Excellent. All right. So those are some uh, our, our headlines, and those are some great discussion. I very thank you both. That was a lot of fun to to talk about and got me thinking. So let's move on to our picks of the week. And Father Andrew, you're up first. Cool. Yeah. So my my pick of the week is an app called Mint. Um, it's uh, developed. Uh, I think Intuit is the 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 mm-hmm. umbrella corporation behind it, but they're behind TurboTax, QuickBooks. Um, they work with Credit Karma. It's a money manager app. So it um, you download it onto your phone. Um, it works with with iPhone or Android. It's completely free, so it's really cool. But it you can connect it to your bank accounts. You can connect it to your um, your credit cards. You can connect it if you have you know any any debt um, payments happening, and it creates a a monthly view, um, updated daily, but a, a kind of a monthly view of your expenses, income and expenses. And so it gives you a kind of a snapshot of, of your, your, the state of your, your finances. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use it to build um, budgets, um, although that's not necessarily what it's, what the, the core uh, programming is all about, but you can definitely use it to, to, to do better in, in spending your money or, or tracking that sort of thing. Um, it's got really helpful charts. It'll compare your, your spending this month as compared to last month. Um you know, like for this month, it's telling me that I, and it'll send you uh, notifications too, <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> um, you know, like if there's an abnormally large charge or if there's, um, there's low money in your account. Um, I had to get all my tires replaced, um, unfortunately, uh, mm. earlier this month. So I have a, a, a very large <laughs> uh, automobile uh, <laughs> expense that that popped up in mine and um, and so it's just it's just helpful especially if you're if you're kind of unaware of of your spending habits um, it it organizes them by you know food and food and um, travel or um, hobbies uh, shopping I mean just about any category you 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 would spend money on it can categorize that so you can even at the end of the month say oh. I spent 50% of my monthly expenses on, on hobbies and maybe I need to cut, cut that back a little bit, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's a really helpful thing, especially if you're, you're perhaps looking for an app that will help you kind of to start a budget process if you haven't done that, or to just manage your, um, manage your finances responsibly and prudently. So. Nice. Excellent. Very good. Check it out. Uh, Pat, what is your pick? Well, not that we've done much traveling recently, but I had a, a recent need to help somebody who was staying in a in a uh, travel place, a, an extended stay place, and uh, I ended up getting them a little travel router, and that way they weren't dependent upon the Wi-Fi that the uh, hotel had. Mm. They could use the Ethernet port in their room and pl- and plug in this little travel router, mm. and therefore uh, they wouldn't have to keep reentering their hotel number and their room number and the password every few hours before it would kick off and and lock them out again. And uh, also, you can you can it this particular one you can set up in multiple ways you can connect it to a hotspot and then basically have your own private you know that it doesn't get shared with anybody else uh, data that you're using, or you mm. can uh, p- plug it into the Ethernet, or you can do it as a make it an extender that you could then boost your signal by attaching it to somebody else's Wi-Fi, but then passing on your own signal to a, uh, you know, to, to your own 
your own um, local area there. Mm. And so not that we're doing a lot of traveling, but if you do travel and you don't want to depend upon the open, uh, easily uh, accessible uh, Wi-Fi that a hotel or a hospital or whatever has, and you can you can use this to kind of isolate your stuff and protect it. Mm. Do you know if it uh, one of the things uh, as in the when my family was uh, in a, a series of Mobile. hotels and <laughs> yeah, a series of hotels, <laughs> Airbnbs as we waited for our home to get repaired. Um, one of the things that came up with the hotels was those uh, access pages. You had to fill out yeah. all the information. Does this take care of that? Does this like you fill it out once and once now, as long as that stays like that was the problem is I, I kept having to every time I open up my computer, I'd have to enter, you know, go through this rigmarole of well, filling out this page. From what I understand, if you're plugging it into an Ethernet port, then, yes, that gets around it. It would seem to be oh, the okay. the uh, the problem was with the Wi-Fi. It was when you when you went there, you got that access page and then you right. had to deal with it. Yeah. But well, I still good. Yeah, yeah, because you wouldn't have to deal with it on your phone and your laptop and your iPad. You, you know, mm-hmm. it just you, you do it once with this device and then you don't have to deal with it again. Right. As long as it stays connected. That's good. I mean, it would be even good in a uh, Airbnb. I'm thinking of, in the Airbnbs we stayed at. They usually had routers. But with this, you could set it up and put all of your traffic through this. And if you're going right. to more than one place... You just got to have the password for this set up. Right. Not you don't have the... to keep keep changing it on all your devices. Yeah. That's nice. And it's uh, and it's fairly inexpensive, like about 40 bucks. So Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's awesome. a good price. Excellent. All right. Well, my pick this week is more of a tip. Uh, I saw this and I said, this can't be this easy. If you go to open your web browser and you go to the address bar and you type doc.new, it will create a brand new Google Docs document. Just, I just, just like saw that. that this week too. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. and if you do yeah. sheet dot new, it opens, a, it creates a new Google Sheet, and slide dot new opens a new Google uh, slideshow. You know the the uh, PowerPoint essentially. Uh, so huh. just a simple little uh, tip for you this week. And does that do it on any browser or just Google Chrome? Any browser. Yeah, wow. I tried it in Safari. It worked. Yeah, it just uh, the Google must have bought the domain for doc.new. Yeah. And yeah. so going to that web page, it creates a, a Google Doc. So cool. I know it's very handy. Uh, all right. So that's short and sweet for me. Uh, and right. free. <laughs> and free. All right. I didn't cost you anything this week, folks. You can, you can uh, pay me back next time. So that's it from us. We'd love to hear your feedback on our discussion. You can comment on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. You'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week in our show notes at sqpn.com. Be sure to join the StarQuest fan club by texting StarQuest to 66866 that's StarQuest all one word to 66866 don't worry we won't be texting you like all kinds of stuff back <laughs> it's it's uh, you join our newsletter you get uh, a couple times a month you'll get some information on upcoming shows and some behind the scenes information that's what sort I of think it's a lot of fun and a nice way to stay in touch so until next time Father Andrew Kinstetter thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology absolutely and Pat Scott thank you as well glad to be here and once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Hi, everyone. This is Don Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's 
sqpn.com slash give. May God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season.